Welcome back to the Dick and Ham Show. It's sponsored this week by Omnicron Computers. Don't blame us. We had that name before all this bullshit. And we're also brought to you by our traditional sponsors, the Old McCallum Scotch Whiskey. Try the summer tastes of the Old McCallum. Old McCallum Sweet Dry Old Draft. Old McCallum Light. Old McCallum Tang. Old McCallum Spicy. Young McCallum. Young McCallum Mid-Strength. And Young McCallum Breezer. The Old McCallum, just because <laughs> we're not allowed to market to teens, doesn't mean they don't love our product. The Old McCallum.com. So that's that. We, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, very good. It's been a while since they sponsored. They had a lot of messages to get in there. Uh, yeah, they really expanded their the product p- portfolio yeah, there too. Yeah, the Breezer. Yeah, the Breezer. Well, the young, young, young McCallum Midstrength <laughs> Breezer is a really it's a massive growth uh, product line for them. Yeah. <laughs> I originally thought of that one as a toddler suppressant. Like my original joke was like, <laughs> need to record a podcast and your kid won't sleep. <laughs> And then I, back, I, I backed off on that one. I backed off on that, that version of the Young McCallum. Someone was actually regaling us with some old McCallum stories, none of which are repeatable on this podcast <laughs> when we're on the golf trip day. <laughs> uh, I can imagine there were, uh, there were some good ones, but it's, uh, yeah, golf trips happened. So much has happened since we last spoke. Uh, it's been, it's been <clears throat> months and months. But we're back uh, and we've got an hour to talk together. So that's exciting. What, before we start, one quick segue before, we, it's not really a segue because we ha- we're not on anything, but it's, it's a diversion, I guess. Question, when you have my birthday recently, we're all, we're all approaching mid 40s. So we're at that age where it's, it's more acceptable just to, just to let certain things go, to do certain things. You don't care as much, I think, is, is where it comes from. So my question is, what are the things that are now acceptable to do now that you've reached a certain age? Like my example, it's cold here. I was driving, driving the kids to school slash kindergarten, had gloves on, uh, not, not ski gloves or thick woolen gloves, like leather ones. Get back into the car, just drive home. And I'm driving in gloves. And I'm like, this is great. I might do this all the time. I'm like, what, can you get away with driving using driving gloves? It used to be a thing. No one does it now. It's a bit like that hat that you wear, Sam, the one that you look like the lead singer of ACDC or, or, or the comic Andy Cap. You obviously went, you, you went early owning that. But for me, I'm, I might drive with gloves all the time. Can you get away with stuff like that? If so, what can you get away with now that you're older and you don't care? Dude, I, I, I kind of thought you were going to be going for like, you know, letting your health go, walking no. around, like going outside in your underpants, stuff like that. Like your big thing is I kept my gloves on when I was driving the car. Is that, is that right? Is that, is that like considered unacceptable in, oh, well, in, there's, in there's other things. fucking Europe? Is it? I mean, I mean, driving gloves. I mean, driving gloves hundred percent of the time in summer, anytime. I think, uh, I think you're wearing driving gloves. Oh, gee, I think it probably means you're a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one yeah. thing though about, about not caring anymore though, Ranch. Remember like 10 episodes ago, I talked to you about the nude sauna, the mixed nude yes. sauna scenario? Yeah. I've been mixed. back there a couple of times since then. And, um, and I, I think now that I'm older, I, I care less about the nudity part than I used to. I don't really care. But I had one, one awkward scenario where the last time I went, I spent a good portion of my visit obeying the, the, the nudity rule because you can. So I was like, okay, I don't care, fine. Um, and it, look, and, it, sorry, it, and sorry, did, just just a recap. What's the nudity rule that you must be nude? Is that no? You you can be. You can. You be. can be. So right, in the okay. public areas, in the restaurants, obviously it's a no no. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you are swimming, the sausage sizzle. If you're not swimming, you, you can do what you want. If you are sunbaking, you can do what you want. If you are in a sauna, you have to have no bathers. And right. if you're yeah, in a yeah. steam room, you also have to have no bathers. So all of that is like okay. 
I don't, I don't actually care. Fine. So I, I look, I know we've discussed the mixed element of that, which is a bit weird. You're not just seeing dicks and balls out there. You're seeing a lot of all sorts of just, just human beings with no clothes on. But so in the last sauna before we were going home, I was sitting there and I was nude. And I'm like, it is weird. It is weird. I'm naked, but this is, this is how it is here. Um, and a, a staff member there looks at me. She comes to the door of the sauna and looks at me. I'm like, what's going on here? And she opens the door and she walks towards me. I'm like, no, she's definitely Amsterdam all over again, Dave. She, she's not here to talk to me. She's here to talk to me. And she, and she walks up quite close and tells me off for sitting on the wrong type of towel. There's like towel Ooh. etiquette. And I was using a thin towel instead of a thick towel. But the thing that's so weird is when you're nude in a public place and someone comes to tell you off, you expect they're coming to tell you off because you've got your dick out. <laughs> because you do have your yeah. dick out and, and that's been usually what happens at this point yeah. that's what, exactly right every time that life has taught me that that's what you get told off for in that situation but she was really just there to tell me off because i had the wrong type of towel it really messed with my mind wow. um and so have i had you to guys um, have you guys seen the movie forgetting sarah marshall Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> it, it, yeah, I know it, what you're it's talking pretty about. funny. There's a tremendous setup. Jason Siegel wrote the movie, and there's basically a setup where he obviously at some point thought, How funny would it be if you had to go through like an awful breakup scenario? You know, like your girlfriend comes over and she's like, I'm breaking her off, and you're like heartbroken. But if the entire sequence happened with you just completely nude, <laughs> like if she just come around mid morning, and so it goes on for like seven to nine minutes, and the entire time, as he's crying and stuff, he's still nude and he's gigantic as well. It's a really great yeah. bit. There's a great Foley sound effect in that scene too. Do you remember it? <laughs> no, describe it. So, so, so a Foley sound effect is a sound effect that is put in by like special sound effect artists after the fact, right? So like, you know, like when someone, I don't know, throws a tennis ball or something <laughs> like that, they, they put in the sound of the fucking tennis ball at the wall. Yeah. But like, like there, there's a bit where like, I think at the start of the scene, he's maybe just gotten out of the shower or something. He kind of comes through a doorway. He's got a towel around him and, you know, his girlfriend, um, Sarah Marshall, I suppose her name is, um, you know, is, is, so. standing, yeah, is, is standing there. And like before I presume she's gone on to like, you know, break up with him. He just like, he like drops the towel and like starts like shaking himself back and forth. And, and, and like, there's, there's just this sound of, this podcast has found its level pretty quickly <laughs> I, know. I have no idea if that's going to work in in an audio in an Just audio fashion s- side note like... ranch um i haven't checked that setting about recording four streams versus recording one would oh. it be would it be sensible if I jumped off and restarted it and made sure we were recording four? Is that yeah? Should I do that? Yeah. All right, let's let me that. jump out, check that, and I'll restart it in one sec. Yep, no worries. We need a new fucking producer. Cool. Did we get it? Did we get it? We did. Yeah, we got it. Um, but yeah, that breaking up in, in inappropriate clothing is funny. It reminds me of that onion um, classic onion article about the guy who. Had he known he was going to be laid off, he wouldn't have dressed up as Darth Maul. And he's got the <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> picture of a guy with a box in his Star Wars costume. <laughs> that's so good. That's like the um, that's like that last episode of season two of the of the English Office when he gets laid off, and um, David Brent's when they the camera pans back and he's got like that sort of like chicken outfit on. It's a chicken <laughs> suit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, amazing. 
so yeah, funny. Well, we'll yeah. get we'll get back to TV and film in a minute because it's uh, a lot of a lot has passed since we last spoke about that stuff. Melbourne won the grand final. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's happened. I mean, you're you're out of lockdown. Uh, you know, it, it's it's feel probably feels like a long time ago now, but um, thank God that's over. We are planning to visit. We're we're nervously watching the uh, various updates and changes but it looks like we are still okay to come so that would be good um how how is life now that things are not back to how they were but much different to how they were when you were locked down boots daycare is back on right that's the important thing yeah daycare being back has been uh made a big difference i think people are still like just trying to get to Oh, I don't know how other people are, but I'm just trying to get to Christmas, right? To actually have a, have a have a proper break, because you know, working in in these environments, particularly when you're working from home, and the delineation between when you're on and off, plus you know, child caring and other responsibilities, has just made it incredibly exhausting. Um, you know, twelve, you know, long, longer than twelve months, but this particular twelve months, particularly when you kind of hoped that it would be back to normal, and and it has proven not to be. So. Whilst yes, it's nice for all those restrictions to be lifted and to be able to do various things and you know, take the kids to, to kids' parties and go down to the beach and things like that. I think really most people are still just hanging to get to that that point where we're where it's summer and we're open and and everyone's having a bit of a break. Uh, I certainly know I am. Yeah, no, I I think that's I think that's right. I think people are just limping to the finish line. I heard someone this week say um, that it kind of feels like it's the last week before the Christmas break, but it's actually still like a month before. Yeah, four like, weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, but I, I think it totally does feel like that. You know, I went back into the office today for the first time in, I don't know, however long, and it was great, you know. Um, it was just great to see, you know, everyone. There was heaps of people in there, which is great. And, you know, I, as I was sitting on the train for an hour, I was really kind of questioning if this really makes a great deal of sense and it, Kind of doesn't, but I just need to adjust to that. But it was, it was, it was great. It was great to be back. It was great to see people, and you know, like that, as you say, that delineation between work and home. I just, think it's just healthy. You know, like you can just mm. set different, different modes. Like you're just in a different mindset, and it was great. So I bought a twelve dollar fucking toasted sandwich that made me mad, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne prices. It's um, yeah. Hey, well, come on, Oslo, hey, hey, Jesus. Hey. I, I almost mistakenly shop. bought a latte around the corner from your house that would have cost me seventeen dollars. Yeah, but it's a quality latte, though. You know, you can't get no. lattes for twelve dollars. Probably, probably, was, probably wasn't. It probably wouldn't have Dave, been. What a no, <laughs> might have been. What a Norwegians not do well, Dave. <laughs> Luxury coffee fits in that category. That's a David Stone classic. Opulence is not not their thing. No, no, no hotels are shit. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're Spartan. You know, they're, they're not. They're not luxurious no. or big, but part no. of it is, is a size thing. Like, you know, America, everything is built too big here. Everything is a tiny bit too small, which I think is probably a cost thing and a, and a climate thing, but the roads are a bit skinny, you know, houses are a bit small, hotels quick, are a bit shit. Quick, quick divergence for, for a bit of Nordic politics, Dave. How has Norway reacted to what's going on in Sweden with the, basically the, the prime minister resigning two days after she became the first Prime Minister, female Prime Minister of Sweden, and then forming get a this. ridiculous minority government um, uh, two days later and re-becoming Prime Minister, which basically just seems they've got a loose coalition of people who can't agree on anything other than they hate the Nazis. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good summary of what it is. People here are not, surprisingly not heavily engaged with it, don't really know why. I mean, generally speaking, there's a, there's a movement towards if you haven't had a female Prime Minister yet, like that's 
that's wrong and need, Sweden needs to, you know, choose the right person and, and, you know, they need to choose a woman sooner or later. And so people were happy about that. As for the vagaries of Swedish politics and why it was the right thing to do to, to be elected, but then resign the same day with the expectation that you would come back in a few days later, which is what yeah. she's done, makes little sense to me. It, it, it seems to be a very ob- ob- obscure and odd system that they have, but you, your assumptions or your sort of uh, assessment seems right. They're basically a very loose coalition. It's all about mm. a very broad spectrum and a large number of parties forming, forming gangs so the problem with that is whoever you're voting for, you're, you're, you're always voting for this sort of fringe, which is a long way away from, from where they are. So it's, mm. it's a bit hard to know what to do, but it's the one thing that will probably make me get dual citizenship is that actually I, I want to vote. Um, and I can't, that's the one thing I can't do here yet. Um, but I, I, well, you're not allowed to have dual citizenship. they only allowed it um, two years ago. They, they never, never had it, which was weird. Norway was like this holdout and they only just, just started it like 18 months, two years ago. But I just focused on getting the girls Australian citizenship first. Cause I thought that was a, like a smarter idea, uh, which turns out it is cause we wouldn't be coming to Australia if we hadn't done that. Mm. Yeah. Cause they're not letting tourists in. Isn't that right? Ranch. Oh, I can't even keep up. So, so t- tell us a little bit about, I mean, look, firstly, bloody exciting that you guys will be here in a matter of weeks. Like tell us about that, that kind of, you know, process. Like what do you need to do? You've got to, You've got to take a series of tests before you get on the plane and then kind of yep. when you arrive as well, I presume. Yeah, it's it's not quite as bad as I thought. The, the fact that the girls are Australian citizens and is a permanent uh, resident makes it far easier. So you basically, if you're one of those two things, then you're on the list of people who can just straight up come back into Victoria or New South Wales without doing right. quarantine. So you have to prove that you're double vaccinated using an, a, an applied type of proof system. And pleasingly, the one that we use over here appears to work in Australia. The first people have, have been through and they've been using the QR code and it scans and it works. So that's, that's kind of something you already had, which is good. Mm-hmm. You have to notify the Victorian government that you're coming, which again was, was sort of not that bad. It was like a fire, you know, shout out to McCallum and the Victorian government. It was because um, I assume he's responsible for this form. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was like five minutes. They, it was like just absolute rubber stamp. You had it, you had it back within 12 hours and they're like, yep, cool. You're coming. If you were not a citizen or a permanent resident, you have to apply for an exemption. And at that point, I think it starts getting really tricky and long-winded and maybe impossible. But because of our status, we didn't have to do any of that. So you, you take a, a PCR test that has to be from within 72 hours of leaving all four of you. Um, so including the kids, which not so bad, already tests herself at school because that's what they're doing over here. Um, the two-year-old who knows how she'll go having something jammed up her nose. Um, she might not like that, but bad luck. And then we have to do another test within 24 hours of arriving and we have to home quarantine for 72 hours. But it's not that bad. The, the, that's we also, not too bad. It's not that bad. We have to wear masks on the plane, which I, I don't mind wearing masks, but it is a long time. Um, yeah, it six, is. Six-year-old will have to wear a mask, which she's never done before, and she'll have to do that for 24 hours on a plane. So that's not going to go that well, I wouldn't think. Yeah. yeah. But um, And the other thing that was interesting was like, and this is one for you, Ranch, was the supply of flights. Like, I was really curious, will there be seats? What will they cost? wasn't as bad as I thought. It may be 30% okay. more than it used to cost. It was certainly not like the old days of when you could get real bargains. Like those clearly don't exist now. But if you're looking at it the other way, as Australians looking to travel out of the country, it would seem based on our experience that the supply is going back up 
costs are different, but it's not so outrageous. You're like, shit, we can never travel overseas again. And yeah. what, are you, what are you seeing, Ranch, in terms of uptake? Are people still cautious? Are people kind of like, thank God we can finally go places? Yeah, look, I think um, <clears throat> certainly domestically, like we've seen just massive demand from, you know, even as early as like May 2020, right? You know, I remember discussions about the kind of school holidays in kind of June, July, whatever it was, 2020, and, the, and like the demand that we were seeing through some of our kind of, you know, customer engagement work was... Um, was was huge. So, and that's kind of remained consistent. Like we've always seen really strong kind of customer demand domestically. Whilst many carriers will be trying to get air, aircraft into the sky, certainly you now what I think smart airlines are doing is just as long as it's cash positive flying, they're doing it as opposed to it, you know, like needing to, you know, be profitable flying, paying off aircraft and that sort of stuff. Like if we're, if we're making money in the sky, let's, let's just kind of do that. So I think that's probably what you're seeing there, which means it's kind of well-priced. It's not crazy, um, but equally it's not, um, you know, like so scarce that, you know, like you can, you can barely get on a flight. So I'm, I'm pleased you, pleased you've been able to get there. A, a question on, on the quarantine. So the 72 hours home quarantine, can you do that say at your folks house or do you yes. need to be, at another place. And so if you're, so if you're with them, can they go out and like go to the supermarket or see other yes. people or did they need to lock themselves in as well? No, they, they can. So it, it feels a little bit kind of token, really. The, the only yeah, real restriction it is, yeah. The only real restriction is that you have to use a different bathroom, which is like re- reasonably <laughs> high on my list anyway. Right. Like I'm, I'm happy to use my own bathroom. It's my, my preference to be honest. But um, yeah, on the list of arbitrary rules, that one is, I mean, it's not an all-timer, but it is a bit of a funny one that it's you, pretty can, funny. you can all hang out. You can't leave the house for three days, yeah. but you've got yeah. to make can, sure you don't, you know, use the same bathroom. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can, yeah. Can, can share it, can share a mug, can lick each other's icy poles. But geez, if you piss in that same room as someone else did five hours beforehand, forget about it. That's the deal breaker. And I do wonder how they, track out that, of here. How they monitor that, but maybe at least, maybe at at least three days is even with kids, like it's not ideal and, it sucks a bit, but I mean, long flight, you get a little bit of crap weather or something. I mean, you might not have done that much anyway. So it's like not ideal, but I reckon it's, it feels manageable. Like I'm just trying to think if it was me, it would be annoying, but any more than three would be starting to become a problem. But I think three is like just the right amount that it's bearable. You know, yeah, I think so. We're not really worried about that. And, and the first few days, you know, you're a bit of, you're sort of a bit in that fog of, of jet lag. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially with little kids that they, they could be all over the place. So it might take a few days just to get you. Yeah, get your bearings anyway. Do you have Sorry. Do you have yep. to do anything like that when you get back to Norway? Uh, no, they've been they've been piss weak on on quarantine here the whole time. No, I mean, funnily enough, it's become a bit of a social norm to to voluntarily test. So we, I've been back in the office for a while, and we had a, we had an actual Christmas party with like a hundred people, and so we. Wow. But it's just become a thing where companies over here you cannot force people to be vaccinated you cannot force people to even um, take tests, but what you can do is kind of create social pressure and expectation. So at this Christmas party, literally all 100 people got together and tested like six hours before the party to make sure that you, that you were, you know, good to go. Um, didn't have to do it, but it's actually a pretty small price to pay. Like I had a much better time knowing that every single person there had just taken a test. Mm. Um, and maybe that just becomes the way certain things. You didn't done. have the results because you know, no, you shit, no, it takes seventy-two hours. But still, <laughs> it's, it's like honesty-based system. <laughs> like the fact did you really not have to... the results. No, we knew the results. We did. <laughs> no, uh, we did those antigen tests that give you results within ones. twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah right. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's twenty five percent effective. Yeah, but you know, peace of mind. You know what price? Peace of mind. Um, but who knows whether that type of thing becomes more? But isn't that a thing was, that like sports events and stuff? Was there anyone who just like, like mysteriously didn't make it to the party after the test? They're like, oh, actually, I just yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. get home. Something's come up. Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure everyone was was fine. Um, I mean, it would it'd be interesting with this new variant. I think a lot more people are going to get it. It's just unavoidable. But thankfully, it seems like it's not not as uh, not as dangerous as the others, but still. But I thought before we, uh, with the limited time we've got, and given he always waits to the end, I had a, I had a bit of an around the campfire that I wanted to, to kick off with, off the cuff, like not pre-briefed, but I didn't want the camp to miss out on, on a campfire session because he's often... Uh, can, you put the, uh, can you put the sound effect back over on this right now? <laughs> It's around the campfire. Great. <laughs> campfire classic or campfire new? Because there's two campfire soundtracks. The one, the one that was like campfire, campfire, campfire. campfire. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That one is yeah. pretty funny. But no, Boots, yeah. my question, given it's one that you could speak uh, freely on without being briefed, it's on the subject of unpopular Australian athletes. And oh, yes. Ben Simmons now ranks on that list. And whether you believe the rumours that he will force back to play because he's running out of money. So can you give us can you give us your high level synopsis on where he ranks in terms of dislikability, um, either for athletes from Box, Box Hill or from Australia in general, because he is the part of Box Hill as we know. Uh, and what what's what's next for him? Okay, let's let's do a quick two minute. This is who Ben Simmons is, and this is what's happening. So Ben Simmons was probably the best Australian college basketball player of all time. Played uh, one season at LSU, would have been the number one pick if he'd come straight out of high school. And he ended up being the number one pick in the, uh, in the NBA draft, drafted Philadelphia. Uh, has played quite well, um, has been all defensive teams, made an all NBA team. Um, so, you know, very, you know, probably the most decorated Australian player in the NBA for personal accolades. But he has a couple of flaws in his game, which uh, become very evident, uh, particularly in, in some of the playoff scenarios he's found himself in. And that's that he he not only can't shoot, but he won't shoot. Um, and that uh, has created tension with his own team, um, created tension with his coach, um, and ultimately led him to demand to be traded um, and then set off a, a, a series of events, um, including not playing for the Boomers at the Olympics. But I think that was uh, that was always going to likely be a scenario in an off-season where he was trying to get himself traded. Uh, and secondly, where he basically just did everything he could to piss off and sort of uh, malinger with the with the Sixers. Dave's referring to the fact that there's rumours that he needed the cash because what happened was when he ultimately started his holdout. And they stop, they didn't make uh, some of the payments in the way that his contract was structured. He then ultimately did report to training camp, but refused to train. Um, they ended up suspending him uh, for contract detrimental. He then uh, said, "Paid or unpaid? I presume, I presume unpaid. If that's what unpaid, they're saying, correct? Yeah, yeah. For, for however long you can be can, suspended for. Can he appeal that under the collective bargaining agreement?" He can appeal that under the under the CBA, um, but the, the the problem is you basically have to do if you are fit and they ask you to do a basketball related activity, you have to do that. Uh, so he would have lost that case. He then 
said, I I have a mental illness and I'm not mentally prepared to play. Um, play. But wouldn't get wouldn't get tested by the Philadelphia uh, psychiatrists who were offered up. He only had uh, his own psychiatric team. Um, <clears throat> he since had to submit to a testing by the by the Philadelphia people again in line with the CBA, and that he wanted to continue to get paid. So it's really it's 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 turned into a phenomenally ugly situation that has played out this way principally because the general manager of the Sixers, a guy called Daryl Morey, is a purely analytics-based uh, operator who just literally doesn't give a fuck about the optics of how this looks or how upsetting this is to various people. Um, the trust the uh, process, Darryl... guy? No. Nah, he came later. He used to be the Rockets. He, he, yeah, he, he, he pissed was, off the Chinese. The... Yeah. But that he did. Samuel, um, to the point where they it's won't freedom. show they won't they won't show Philadelphia games on on TV in China because you know, let's not start a dick and ham versus China war. But yeah, the, um, <laughs> we won't win that. The um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, so it, it, he's now effectively in. in limbo um, they're still trying to work out what's going to happen with his effectively mental leave i suspect soon they'll put him on a just a, a, a non non-playing reserve list where he won't get paid um but the, it, it it doesn't feel like he can come back and play for them like just just the, the the hatred he would get stepping onto the court in philadelphia would just be Unbelievable! It would, it, 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 in a way, it would famously a very placid group of people from you know from all the sure. you know like the large, usually yeah. fine language and things like that. They they usually the sort of people who would let this sort of thing slide, are they not? Yeah. Um, Sam and I, as a slight detour, went to a Philadelphia forty nine, Philadelphia Eagles forty nine game in twenty eleven, and Michael Vick. we heard we heard words that we hadn't uh, hadn't heard before. And the, the 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 homophobia was literally off the charts that uh, oh, at no. that particular game. It was really it was just like, like we had there was a couple of people like apologizing around this <laughs> the um and it so back to your original question, Dave. I don't think he's I don't think he's the most hated in Australia, I, I, I honestly just don't think people have that much um, engagement with with him as opposed to you know your your Kyrgioses and your other you know seventeen to twenty five NRL players at any given time. Um, the the real problem for him is in is in, is in the US. Um, the way I suspect this plays out is uh, around. Uh, the all-star break which is just before the trade deadline he'll either get moved um get traded or he'll end up getting he'll, he'll end up getting put on ice um which is which, which is the, the, obviously the, the worst result for him i don't believe he's hurting for cash like i don't think that that i don't think that's a real thing i think he just you know, doesn't want to lose 16 million dollars which he loses each quarter um that uh, each quarter of the season he's not he's not playing, so we kind of kind of stay tuned. But I actually 
tend not to follow the day-to-day because there's just simply rumours keep getting put out of, of, of these offers. But I think both both the, t- the club and the player have overplayed their hand in that um, he, his value is not going up. He's not going to play for you again. He's not going to re-establish his value. Your, your, you as the club probably yeah. should have traded him in the off-season. Um, the only thing now that you're hanging out for is some other player elsewhere to demand a trade and for that trade to fit in with you. And obviously the rumour of that is Dame Lillard in Portland um, as being the obvious choice. But I, I literally just don't think Portland, who have a, a rabid fan base of people who are very much about oh, loyalty playing for the team, would accept someone who just decided they didn't want to play anymore um, for that team because their feelings were hurt. And, you know, held out, didn't. Because Dame Limit, Lillard, even if he decides he wants to go, he's played the whole time. He's continued to play, continued to play at a high level. Presumably tried hard and, and, you know, not tanked. Yeah. It, 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 exactly, which kind of makes um, makes Simmons a, a, a hard sell for your best player, which is what mm. basically Daryl Morey uh, wants. So, yeah. uh, but um, notwithstanding that, there's a, that at some point he'll go to some other club, and if you play as well there, people have short memories, right? If you play a few good games in a row and people move on. Notwithstanding that fact, did did he and or his clutch team or who yeah, whoever the peeps managing him are, which is clutch, I think, have they miscalculated here? Because if their objective is, if the objective is to get him to another team, him acting like a prick and acting like a team sort of wrecking dude and then refusing to play doesn't seem like like James Harden did it because it's James Harden right and which and he played his hand well he got where he wanted to go but for Simmons under the circumstances the strategy that they employed seems to me to have had potentially the direct opposite effect to what they wanted it to have where now he's not getting paid and not playing and everyone hates him yeah their problem was as opposed to the most recent examples of this, which was Anthony Davis in New Orleans and the, the, the Harden example that you cite, he had no view that he would come back. He, he, he basically told them, I'm not playing for these guys again. I kind of don't care what happens. I'll just sit out. And then what he was hoping is that they would just say, okay, that's fine. Sit home. We'll continue to pay you until we find a trade. To which they said, actually, no, we're paying you. Come and fucking come and fucking play. So if they miscalculated, that that was the bit they miscalculated, that, that they would want someone who was told them that basically they'd be a cancer if they were around the team. So you best just kind of sit me home until you find a trade partner. Yeah, um, they kind of called his bluff. And, 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 yeah, and they, they called his bluff on that. And, and then he's had to go through some hoops to, to try and get some of his, some of the cash. So um, that... They, I don't think they miscalculated. I think they, they made a calculated gamble and lost. I think they knew that this was always a possibility. Um, but, and, and as it's turned out, it just, it just hasn't played. But, but there are alternatives, given his relationship with the Philadelphia management and, and frankly, the other star player, Joel Embiid, didn't, like, uh, his alternative of going back there and playing uh, was limited, or was certainly from his perspective was limited, and I don't think um, 
you know, I think he, I think what he wanted was was the Anthony Davis treatment, where they basically said, "Go home, so you don't get hurt, and we can fucking trade you." Yeah, it didn't happen. Did he through hoops. Ironically, if he was better at going through hoops, it wouldn't have been a problem to begin with. If he could, if he could put the biscuit in the basket properly, he wouldn't have had a problem. That's what they say. Yep. It's um, it, it's it, it's an interesting question though you raised, Dave. Like you know, most disliked Australian sports person, and I'm I'm a bit like like there, there's certain elements to that story about Simmons that I think Australians would very much dislike. Like someone who's got all this talent, and you know, like they're they're kind of you know throwing. A, a dummy spit and and you know kind of wasting that talent like i think australians kind of you know d- dislike that but i'm thinking about people who i think the australian public certainly have kind of turned on it usually i think kind of comes down to people who there's a perception of being overexposed a bit and that that then kind of combined with not result like not getting results or or like being a bit immature like a you know a curious style like even Leighton Hewitt was a bit kind of overexposed there at times and I think people got a bit sick and tired of him Yana Pittman probably being another one around whichever oh, Olympics yes. that, that was I've got a Yana Pittman joke I've got a Yana Pittman joke coming up oh cool. <laughs> um so is, so yeah like, like whilst there, there's elements to the to the Simmons thing that I think you know Australians would dislike the media coverage here it is in the paper but it's not exactly front page news no. all the time here like That's it's right. it's kind of like it's buried down in the sports section of the age and it's, it's there. a side it's show. Like, Simmons blah 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 but you know yep. like it's still it's still the main question is about fucking Dusty Martin or whatever yep. oh, yeah that, yeah and for, and for, Dusty. And just really to round that out if if Simmons goes and plays for Australia at the next World Championships or the next Olympics and puts them in the gold medal game, Australians will not give a shit. Oh, no, definitely not. As long as is there to get the buckets, boots. Okay. Yeah, who but <laughs> Simmons ain't getting them. But yeah, that, that, that Yana Pittman thing, a friend of mine um, who I used to work with, I wrote to him randomly after the grand final because he now works at the, he runs events at the stadium in Perth. And I wrote to him saying, hey, it looked great, good on you. You know, must have been cool to have the event, blah, blah, blah. We hadn't talked in ages, so we wrote back and we started talking, joking about stuff that happened back in the day. And when the Commonwealth Games or Olympic Games were on, some there was some weird thing in the office where we had a competition to see who could make the best banner for the for the. And I won the competition with a sign that for Yana Pittman that read, "You'll never hurdle my hatred, Yana." And I won. <laughs> I won. <laughs> and, and you still remember that all these years later. It was so nice of him to bring it up because I'd completely it, forgotten about it. But it was it's like, so mean. I know. So mean. You, you made a sign so she would see that and feel bad. So I didn't make it. I didn't take it with me or anything like that. It was just an idea. I, I might have made it up in Microsoft Paint, but I don't think I'd put it on like a pillowcase. And or on the, the website. Yana. She's doing these days. Remember her and Tams and Don't Call Me Wally Lewis had like an ongoing feud that just played out in public that was just self-serving because yeah, enabled both was, of them to constantly be in the newspaper was, just was bitching bad. at each other about nonsense. That was a low light for Australian athletics, wasn't it? it like just, yeah, you know, like, like if you're running Athletics Australia at this point, you're like, can you fucking twits stop this now? Like there's so much yeah. good stuff we could be talking about, but everybody hates us. No, well, an inter- interesting, uh, interesting sort of comparison, compare and contrast between those two. So at the same time that she, Tamsin Lewis was the chief female athlete commentator for, on Channel Seven for the Olympics, and yet, she was very fucking excellent, by the way. Like she was, she was, she was, she was, she was, well, she was excellent. Good. Yeah, unreal. I thought she was quite good. Oh, cool. um, but, but the. Uh, while she was doing the commentary, they would go to break and be advertising the SAS Australia. Yes, 
ridiculous, ridiculous thing that Yana Pittman was reduced to doing on reality oh, television oh, during, yeah, the, during the same time. Now, so compare and now, contrast. Now, I, 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 I did not watch that show and no one could pay me to watch that show. However, I saw a lot of those ads because I watched a shitload of the Olympics. Um, and like, you know, they, they had like an ad campaign kind of profiling each of the people who were on it. Like, I, I cannot tell you what things were, but like, Yana Pippen's actually gone on to achieve quite a lot of pretty fucking amazing stuff. Like, was, was my takeaway from the Channel 7 ad for SAS Australia. Couldn't tell you what it was, but I remember being like, huh, good on her. Now that she's not just publicly in the spats of Tamsin. Well, there's a bit of about some of the shit she's done, um, including like, oh, leaving her, uh, okay. And other things, but mm, okay. Yeah. Well, in the name of time, we probably should wrap uh, around the campfire this time. Uh, but and also, a- just to avoid Yana Pittman's lawyers getting in touch with the yeah, at Andrew Bond at gmail.com. I know, I know they're all listening, but that was uh, that was around the campfire with the uh, with the new thing song around the campfire classic. But I wanted to, I don't have that many in this category this week, but it's probably good to let other people uh, uh, speak. TV, films, preferably not in the Marvel ones because I can't stand those. Um, <laughs> which we're happy to have really? that debate again. Yeah, I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, it's just they like, are nonsense. We, we, we can't talk about it again, but it's like we, we, we just need to let him go. Just let him. I just don't understand. I don't get it. I never will. I try. I didn't even really try. I just think it's too silly. I can't get there. And uh, I know that's what dumb. About the new, other what about the new silly. Doctor Strange one day? Doctor Strange, he's no, a magician. The Marvel Extended Universe or the Cinematic Universe, whatever. To be honest, I feel like you could have brought this up in the as you get older, what do you become a cranky old bastard about? Like, I just, this kind of feels about right. Oh, movies are too complex these days. I, I just want to, I just want to wear my gloves when I drive my car. There's too many people on the field at quarter time in the AFL now. There are. He's basically, basically becoming Alan Stone. What you're saying, yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's happening, but no, I can't get on board with Marvel. But what else, uh, what else is on on your uh, your screens at the moment? Anything worth sharing with the uh, with the audience? I'm all succession all the time, yes. Uh, I've, I've, heard it it's, I've heard it's, yeah, I'm with you, Dave. I don't, I just, I, okay. I watched, first, first I watched two episodes, two episodes. I watched two episodes, I was like, this is fucking trash, like, just like, not even like, oh, oh you know, it could be all right, but I was like, this is just objectively bad. No, that was what I was like, and I stopped. But it, if it gets better, it is then maybe I need to so back on. good. Yeah, it's I, so it's good now. One of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's in hard that, to it's imagine that, that based on the, the first. Yeah. I mean, I guess it happens all the time. Like I barely remember the first couple, and whatever, but I couldn't yeah. see it. I can't see any of that based on what I've seen. Everyone says it is exceptional. The rep was that those first four episodes were harder to get through. But like not, Sam, that's kind of feels so long ago. Yeah, I thought that might come up. I, like I thought it might great. come up. Oh, it's a touchy subject. <laughs> okay, so it, so basically it, it picks up, but in what way? So Boots, your your opinion is uh, is highly re- regarded. So you saying that I don't I don't take it lightly. Well, what's fucking, so, what's, what's so good opinion? about it? I can't. Oh no, and yours. <laughs> you wear you're, you wear a Kangol hat. It could just be some weird um, <laughs> off brand. Uh, appreciation for the show, but, but from what's the so mainstream good about perspective, because I can't the, see it based on the first few apps. It, it it becomes look the the ensemble um, becomes incredibly uh, incredibly interesting group, and I think the the writing on it is so is so clever the, that you want to watch a show that's filled with people that none of whom you can root for, like just 
none, none of the characters have uh, any particular redeeming qualities in terms of you know the, the, the traditional things that you would you would say oh that that oh, I, I want to watch this show because I want to see this person do well. Um, but the, the writing is so clever and it's uh, such an, an interesting parody of what we assume that the, the scions of a family in a media conglomerate, you know, that it's, it's sort of based on the, on the Murdoch dynasty and the way it's pulled together is just, is, it's just so well executed. I think it's the best way to say it. The, the, what they're going for and the way they've done it, it's just been incredibly well done. So that that that's what I would say. From everything I've heard, like you know, the 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 um the performances are, are really good, and and just the writing is so good in that you know, like each conversation, there's a conversation that's clearly happening, and then there's subtext to that conversation that is also mm. kind of happening, and and it all works from every angle. A bit, little bit like you know, Game of Thrones at its best was you know, there'd be a conversation that's happening, but it's the other conversation that's happening at the very same time that was kind of the most interesting piece. Like that's that's, that's kind of what I've, you know, been able to kind of work out. And literally almost every person I've met says it is absolutely exceptional. So I'm, I'm going to give it another go at some point in time. But, I guess I will. But, and there's, and there's yeah, two oof. strong endorsements out of four. I guess that, that does mean something. And, and yes, Sam, your opinion does does matter. Um, Sam, what else have you guys? But we don't have on? time for that. So how? Oh, yeah, but moving <laughs> <again. Yeah. laughs> we're out of Sorry, time. We're out of time. Anything else on your? Has anyone seen the new Ghostbusters? Dare I ask? It's, no. uh, not out here yet. Comes out first of January. I, 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 I'm. I don't think anyone should get their hopes up. But no, I think I it's. I think it's. Um, like so someone described it as just two and two hours and twenty minutes or however long it is of just the Leonardo DiCaprio sitting up and pointing at the TV saying, hey, I know that thing meme. Like, I think it's just, it's <laughs> right. just that. It, it's it just, you know. Is. It, it yeah. must be. I know. Um, take, taking it back to the small screen for a minute, if I may, if you want to laugh for all of the wrong reasons, a show that I quite liked the first season of was The Morning Show, the Jennifer Aniston Reese Witherspoon oh. uh, vehicle, Steve Carell. Quite <laughs> I've good heard the second season. Not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. All the right. second yeah. season is worth a watch because it's seriously for that cast who are getting paid a hundred million dollars. Some of the worst all round television I've ever seen to the point <laughs> where you must watch it. Like I, I could not laughing agree the first more. 34 to 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like that's how that it's like the four of us got pissed and tried to knock out a couple of scripts. Like oh it, God, it's yeah, that wow. bad. But so, then so like, the bad like, scripts from that. You wouldn't the, the just, most, the worst, <laughs> most boring, wow. least interesting, most nonsensical choices were the ones they went for every time. Not in a controversial way, in the least interesting way. It's unbelievable. So, what's it called? Morning news. Morning, morning show. Morning, the morning, morning show. show. It's, it's, it's actually called the Morning Wars, where you are, David. They renamed it oh, in okay. Australia. Okay. But the um, All right. oh, I just concur with what Sam said. It is the most unbelievable, expensive train wreck of a television show I have the ever witnessed. The, oh. the, 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 final, the final episode, and so Billy yeah. Crudup in the first series was a genius. Like, actually carried a show that had a lot of flaws, but he was a phenomenally interesting and funny character to watch. Good actor. They completely... They neuter him in the second season, and he he can't even save this. Just oh, I, I, I can't believe that Reese Reese Wimmer Reese Wimmer and Aniston yep. let this go to air. I, I actually it's, can't believe they let it go to air. It's air Billy Crudup, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell in one show, and it's unwatchable. Wow! So like it's it's incredible. Um, and 
Jennifer Aniston as well, like I've heard this talked about on podcasts and stuff. Yeah, like why she would allow herself to be written into a character who you just have pure loathing for, but not in an awesome evil character way, just from like a, you're an unbearable person. I hope I never meet anyone like you, full stop. That's, like that's all of the not awesomely, not because she's crushing people, just because she's an irritating, boring, rich chick. You know I mean? it's, it's a super interesting comparison to the way they've done Succession, which is like a large ensemble with, um, whilst not as famous as Reese and Jennifer Aniston, but some well-known actors in Succession. And just how one show has done basically everything right and one show has done everything wrong. And they're both high budget streaming yeah. shows it's just worth a watch we need to see this rancher our first ever so bad it's good recommendation yeah it's, <laughs> it's the, the geostorm of tv shows oh hey do not say a bad word about geostorm my friend it is it's it's magic um but where, as you were talking about that, sam i was almost like i feel like i need to see a supercut of all the bad moments and that reminded me do you guys remember the supercut of the nicholas cage movie the wicker man from 2006 yes yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Like that is just these bees, like these bees, the bees, the bees. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nicholas Cage, uh, oh, a long oh, time, fan, oh, long time friend of the show, is he featured in one yeah, of the episodes? Yes, that's, that's right. true. At, yeah, at, oh at early God. episode, and me and Zeb used his toilet once. <laughs> I'll find a link. We can put it in the notes, but just like, I, I haven't seen that movie. I don't think it's a very good movie, but just it's just this supercut of like him just taking it to eleven every single time <laughs> and it's just it's so bizarre like it, it yeah, kind of I've makes you want to watch it's the great. movie but then also be like if i see the movie it might make this hilarious supercut kind of less funny so i never want to actually watch it but i mean yeah. is, is, the, ways, um, is this why the era of marvel movies exists because studios like it's too fucking risky to pin everything on nicholas cage it's too risky <laughs> to have something that yeah. no one knows about let's just hope it works yeah. out well with him or with whoever let's just stick to something everyone's heard of is that is oh, that actually that, kind of part of why that and after, that and After Earth, they were the two. It, it's probably just a matter of time until Nicolas Cage turns up in a Marvel movie, Dave. So like it's, <laughs> everything that's old is new again. Now, didn't like, he do be, one with it with like Ghost Rider or something? Well, that wasn't part yeah, of Ghost Rider. Yeah, it's so, that's yeah. Mm. Ghost Rider is a Marvel character, but it wasn't in the MCU. Dave, I'm not even going to get into why that's different. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I mean, he seems like a Marvel. So it's like Eric, Eric Banner's Hulk. <laughs> Yeah, just no, it's, it. it's, it's more the extent to which people seem to care that just I'm baffled by it. I don't get it. But anyway, it's my problem. It's, it's not the world's problem. It's my problem. I, it I is your that. problem. But Ranch, your, uh, hey, your, one of your greatest uh, tips that you shared on the show, The Great, back mm. for season two. Have you been watching mm. it? Yeah, I started, I lost, I watched a few early season ones and then I sort of lost track of it. And now we're rewatching it. So uh, yeah, I'm trying to yeah. get into it. Huzzah. <laughs> In, enjoying it, Sam? Yeah, I've watched like the first... Episode now, but I didn't dislike it the first time. I just sort of, you know, lost track of it, yes. and we didn't come back yeah. to it generally. So I'm yeah, I'll give it another shot. It's good. Yeah. I, uh, we're, we're also I, doing I, the same thing. I, I loved, loved the first season. I, I haven't started watching the second one yet because I've got a pretty strict one in one out policy when it comes to streaming services. So I've got to drop one to turn stand back on. But um, I'll probably just wait until I don't know half the season's kind of out before I before I turn it on. So probably around Christmas time. But yeah, I can't wait. That, got- that show show is amazing. I thought you were saying you had a one TV show at a time policy. You're saying that you've got a one in one out entire streaming service policy. Yes. Yeah, because otherwise Jesus. I'll have all of them all the time. That's so, me like, and every other person in Australia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be strict. 
That's why you can afford to grow that mustache. Yeah, it takes discipline to grow a mustache like that and to... It does. You see, you watch by that. So, so with the with the streaming service that's currently in your rotation ranch, what's the what's the best thing on it? Uh, well, weirdly, I've, I've been reading more books than I've been watching TV shows mm. recently because you know, smart guy. So, but Bloody aside from that, Lardy, uh, Mr. Intellectual over here, <laughs> uh, wearing his suspenders, got his yeah, fucking fancy yeah, yeah, yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fairness, two of them were books written by Anthrax legend Scott Ian. So, <laughs> <Does that> like, counts. <laughs> <laughs> So they were yeah, all sort of picture, um, pictures more than words. <laughs> there, was this, there was a long story about a couple of dates he went on with Madonna, all right? So, look, it's not exactly highbrow content, but, you know, anyway. Anyway, look, one, one thing I did watch that um, <laughs> I, I, I would say is certainly interesting. Have you guys heard of this show, Alone? It's on the History Channel? No. Right, no. okay, cool. So it's, I'm, I'm glad oh. I brought it up now. Um, yeah. But it's yeah. like, like you know, the concept of Survivor, like people just get put out in the wilderness and they get filmed, right? And Survivor is actually an excellent show, I think. And, you know, that's more around kind of the social game and people get voted out and whatever. Alone is a show that pretty much is just people put out in the fucking wilderness completely alone, like just entirely alone. There's no camera crews. There's no nothing. You know, boots, you just get put out there with whatever 10 items you want. And they train you up on how to use GoPros and a few other stuff to kind of film some things, and that's it. And you are, are they, uh, are they just... pros? Are they just punters, or are they like former SAS guys? Oh, uh, look, there's like I, I like you, you need to be fairly capable. Like they're they're kind of you know survivalists and stuff. Uh, so anyway, the, the concept of the show is that you go out there and you know like at, at any point you can just you can call you know the producers and they'll come and get you when you're out of the game right you know you can tap out um one guy lasted six hours out there so like that's it's it's kind of like it sh- shows how how pretty full on it can be he almost got attacked by a bear six hours into the show and he's like i've fucking had enough of this i'm out of this right um but so anyway look they've done like eight seasons of it i've watched one of them and i think watching one is probably kind of enough but it's kind of it's, it's fascinating like this one i watched they were in like the arctic so it gets to like minus 40 degrees by the end of the show and you know they're out there and they've just like literally got to do everything themselves but like some of the you know for for people who love watching other people be extremely competent at stuff like this is kind of the show for you like how these people kind of think through you know problems and you know how they protect themselves or how just something that should seem straightforward winds up being four days worth of work to just kind of accomplish it you know to either build a shelter or kind of fix a thing or you know, if you happen to be lucky enough to, you know, take down a, a fucking ox or something with your bow and arrow that you've got, you know, the work it takes to gut that thing and cut it up and then transport it back to your shelter that you built before bears and other stuff come along and want to fight you for it. Um, like that's like, there's a lot that kind of goes into that. So seeing these people kind of think this through is, is really interesting um, as well as just the physical toll and, and things like they literally like, I need to think about how, how many calories I'm burning by building my shelter because unless I find another rabbit to eat or whatever it is, I'm not going to be able, like my muscles are going to start breaking down and I won't be able to survive. So anyway, Jesus this is Christ. kind of what this show's about. And um, as I said, there's eight seasons. If you really get into it, you can certainly watch it. I watched one and I found it absolutely fascinating. You know, by the time you've seen your, your 15th fucking porcupine get gutted and kind of, you know, like pulled apart, like it's, it's a little bit repetitive. But um, yeah. but aside from that, it's, um yeah, it's it's just extremely interesting. I felt like I learned a lot. And I know that I would last 30 minutes out there before I would be calling in for someone to come and get me because I'm not built for that shit. Jesus, that sounds amazing. Did you learn the rules of bear attacks when the guy, what's a bear attack the guy? Black or brown? 
or grizzly? Uh, I, th- I think it, I think it was a I think it was a brown bear. I think. Okay. Um, well, don't quote me on this, but I believe the rule is, <laughs> if it's <laughs> no, if it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. If it's white, say good night. I believe that's the rules of, of bear attacks. <laughs> Is that right? That's actually yeah, the so rule. That's actually the rule from the street as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the polar bear one's definitely true. The the, the polar bear one <laughs> that they will they will eat you. That's that's definitely true. Right. Um, there's a place called Svalbard up that Norway controls, and it's sort of a neutral territory, but Norway controls it. And if you go there, you're not allowed to go outside without a rifle. Like it's against yeah, wow. the law to not have a yeah. rifle with you because of the polar bears, because they're they're just they're just an apex predator that just eat whatever they want. And, yeah. they're, and they're massive. They're, they're much bigger than normal bears. Yeah. Like, like even, even just in this, it's, it's kind of like, it's full on like this one dude just like opens up his shelter door and he's just surrounded by a pack of wolves. Like, and he's just <laughs> like, like, but he can't fucking do anything. It's wow. just him with a GoPro. Like there's no other producers there who can kind of help him. Like that's really they, up, that's up in it. But what, I mean, isn't yeah. someone just going to die at some point And then the show is probably the experiment is over. Isn't that what's just bound to happen? Like, like on a long enough timeline, yeah, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, Do they yeah. give him gas? I, I, uh, or at least that no. they've, they've reported. Yeah, the, yeah no, exactly. No There's a season nine that no one knows about. <laughs> <laughs> they all died. <laughs> or season two, actually, that no one knows about. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of gats, Sam, as you guys know, I, uh, I have throughout my career at times been partial to, to, the, to the rap game as well as to, to you know, metal and, and other types of music. Maybe, maybe and blues. Pinball, and pinball and, you know, sneaker collecting and yeah. dri- uh, driving gloves. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, yeah. Sneaker collecting. RIP to a guy called uh, Virgil Abloh, the most uh, influential man in sneakers and the most influential man in, in fashion. Um, I'd never heard of this guy until 36 hours ago and it's been everywhere. Yeah, I mean the sneaker game now is is I, I don't have anything good to say about it. I think it's it's repetitive and dull, and all the fun is gone because basically brands artificially limit supply so that there's this artificial demand and hype, and everything is just like it, it constantly sort of retro and, and sort of up its own ass. But this this one guy he, he made a label called Off White, which was really interesting and cool. And like I'm I'm pretty jaded about sneakers. I don't really care about any of it. But then he got recruited by the Nike brand to do some stuff with Jordan. And he made the most interesting, cool versions of all of these old Jordans that were like, it was like something, it's hard to explain. It felt so new and essential and different, even though it was some product from 30 years ago that a hundred people had tried to bring back. And then he parlayed all of that into being the, uh, the, the head of the entire Louis Vuitton menswear collection. First, uh, first black person to be put in that type of, role um and he was in in like a whole landscape of stuff that is is derivative and boring he was legitimately talented and interesting uh it's a huge loss um yeah at, at mm. such a young age i just um he, i just googled cancer, right? i just googled yeah, his, yeah cancer just googled his name and jordans and google shows me a range of of jordans that are in the off-white range that's that range from four to twelve thousand us each yeah, well, especially now, right? Like they were already very expensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, what I was actually going to talk about was a TV show. There's a documentary. Um, so yeah, very culturally significant guy. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a shock that he's gone at age 41. Um, mm. But the last generation's most influential figure in, in this same space was probably a rapper, Christopher Wallace, who's better known as the Notorious B.I.G. or Biggie Smalls, uh, shot dead at age 26, uh, in LA 
many, many years ago. There's been a lot of attempts to retell his story. There's been a lot of his, his sort of legacy is a little bit up and down because a lot of the material that he'd made has been sort of tried to be brought back out and a lot of it's not very good, but there's a documentary on him on Netflix at the moment called I've got a story to tell, which is pretty good. And I, I actually think it's, it's good because it's accessible. Um, you don't need to care or know anything really about him. Um, basically, interestingly enough, there's a lot of footage of him from before he was famous, a lot of footage from when things started to pick up and go, well, there was someone just filming the whole time. Um, the main problem with it, I mean, it's very uneven is one thing I'd say, but also a lot of uh, revisionist history from uh, Sean Puff Daddy yeah. Combs, who's like, yeah, you know, like in some ways, like he didn't die for no reason. And it's like, so, you know, it all has a meaning. It's like, gee, I don't know. You're fucking walking it back a bit there, but yeah. considering <laughs> you're part of building up this image of this guy about like, fuck all of you guys come and get me. And then someone did. Mm. And then, uh, and then he's like, yeah, well, you know, I guess it's all like, it all worked out. Didn't it? It's like, yeah, well, you're not the one who died, <laughs> are you, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that'd be interesting. But no, as, as a, I mean, look, I don't, I don't understand anything to do with modern rap music whatsoever. Um, but as a, as a sort of an exponent of the English language, the way this guy could construct stories and the way he could, his sort of scheme for how he could rhyme um, was very interesting. If, if you're interested in how people use language, this, this guy was from a different planet and the way he could put together these hyper complicated stories and have like seven parts rhyme together, but it sound like it just came out is really cool. And you can see him on the street doing that as a 15 year old in this documentary. Um, and it's kind of cool. So I would say that, um, I was going to play a quick game because some of his, some of his rhymes are kind of a little bit, not grandiose, but a little bit almost Shakespearean. I was going to play a game Shakespeare or rap lyric. Do you want to quickly play it? Yeah, let's I've do got, that. I got a couple, no cheating. I hope you haven't done your, uh, your research already. So basically I'm going to read a lyric quickly, mo mostly short ones. You have to tell me, is it a rap lyric or is it from a Shakespeare play? I've got about mm -hmm. 10. Are you ready? All right. First one. The music, ho. That's it. Just read uh, it. Hip hop? Rap, rap lyric? Shakespeare. It's from Anthony and Cleopatra. Mm. It might not have okay. been delivered exactly like that. Maybe ho was used in this yeah. context. Yeah, okay. This, hey, this is going to be more difficult than I originally thought. Yeah, told you. Uh, this is the proper way man should use ink. Hip hop. Correct. Yeah. That's Big Daddy Kane from A Taste of Chocolate. <laughs> I'm, I, I like Big Daddy Kane, but I'm not familiar with that song. Uh, life is but a walking shadow, a poor player who frets his hour upon the stage, then is heard no more. Shakespeare. Correct. From Macbeth. Very good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Welcome, ass. Fuck the police. Oh, sorry. Different right. <laughs> that one's coming. <laughs> Welcome, ass. Now let's have a catch. Say again. Welcome, ass, as in ass. Now, let's have a catch, as in catching a ball. This sounds like a trick question. I, I'm, I'm going to say Shakespeare. Sam, they're all trick questions. That is Shakespeare as well. I got two more. Uh, every square inch of it that he chose for himself is the best part. Shakespeare or hip hop? We'll put in some thinking music in post production, by the way. <laughs> hip hop. Rap. Correct again, yeah. Wu Tang Clan, mm -hmm. Wu Revolution Sam. Yeah, square square inch didn't sound very uh, Shakespearean to me. 
Yeah, no, that's um, that's. And have the word "doff" involved as an example. Yeah, yeah, that that's the one thing. Um, all right, I got one more. Um, all right, this one's pretty difficult. All I want is bitches, big booty bitches. Used to sell crack <laughs> so I could stack my riches. Now I pack gats to stop all the snitches from staying in my business. What is this? Hang on, there's I, more. I, I, Relentless approach. <laughs> no, there's more. Hang on, you might get it. Shakespeare, a bit. Mission of Venice. <laughs> I could give you the rest, but I think you got that. Yeah, uh, yeah no, that was from uh, Hamlet. It's, uh, Act three, uh, <laughs> Act three, line twelve of, uh, of Hamlet. So that was uh, this week's episode of Hip Hop or Shakespeare. You know, there was a music That's question good game. in our mailbox. I don't mm-hmm. think we've got time for it, but I just want to flag two things. One, we got a message in the mailbox from our friend Jeff. Shout out Jeff and Jeff's dad in Michigan. Uh, any updates on Jeff Boots? No. And Jeff's dad any updates. <laughs> Has he, has he been invited into your house? Last time he was complaining that he never got a holiday house invite. Have you rectified that or is he still in the freezer? His house is across the road from ours. Uh, it's co- actually currently in the middle of being renovated and hopefully will be ready for Christmas. Didn't so, answer the question. So that means Jeff still hasn't been invited. No, no. Jeff Sounds like Jeff's sleeping in a tent somewhere in a caravan park and folks can't be fucked inviting him over. Jesus Christ, what a bastard. Poor look, Jeff. I'm looking down at Jeff. Poor Jeff. Well, shout out to Jeff and Jeff's dad. I'm interested to know if Jeff's dad stormed the field at, at, at the Michigan Wolverines game the other day. Like, the, was he on there? I don't know. Like, that was a, have you, has anyone seen the footage of that? No. What happened? I mean, I, I, how did it happen? I actually don't even know why it happened or like. Uh, or uh, Michigan beat Ohio State the first time in 10 years. In the, in the US, it's called the game. Ah. And just afterwards, like, all the fans just went onto the field and you think the field is full and then there's like more video where you just can't even tell the difference between the stadium and the, and, and, and the field. It's, um, it's, 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 it's a, it's a 111,000 person college wow. stadium on campus. Wow. Whoa. Okay. That's yeah. uh that's really something. And then, and it was the first time they'd won the game in 10 years. Interesting. In 10 years. Yes. But so we got that from, from Jeff um, just checking in, which was very nice. And we got another one Thanks, from, a re- from a real person called Warwick. And I, it took a bit of verifying to my, and also like no one really, people didn't believe me for a minute. Graham. Graham. Sorry, not Warwick. Completely different name. <laughs> Warwick. Graham. And Graham was like, hey, love the show. So I was immediately skeptical. But turns yep. out he's a real guy <laughs> who possibly does love the show. And he said, do an episode about music. Okay, fine. That sounds good. Specifically, an entire episode about Ranch is, uh, Ranch's band in the 90s. I want the full mm. oral history of Ranch's band. I demand it from Warwick. Is it Warwick? Gary. Graham. Graham. You've got the email. He signed it, Graham. You didn't sign it. I don't have it in front of me. I've got hip hop lyrics in front of me. I don't have him. Anyway, that's weird and oral history. Incredible. I think we've got to do it, don't we? I mean, like a a full episode, maybe a double episode could could be. I I don't think we need that much. The band band wasn't around for very long. How long was it around for? I mean, let's let's just set the set the scene for when we do do it. When was it? How long was it? And why did? How did you leave so as would well? Have, would have been late. What, what year did Princess Diana die? Ninety seven. I was at Chadstone. Yeah, remember. Well, shopping for pants I, I, I and selling. I was, I was, I was walking into band practice for Swede um, uh, on on the day that Diana died. So it was throughout, I guess, nineteen ninety seven, maybe into nineteen ninety eight for me. But yeah, probably about a year. We played a few gigs, you know, started off with quite a few people. Oh, by the end, fewer, fewer people. Rochester on Rochester on Johnson Street. Cherry Street. I remember going to the Rochester on Johnson Street. Yeah, there was, there was, it was the thing. And I think we should preface the debate by saying 
Ranch at least had the balls to do it and he put himself out there and it wasn't it wasn't a completely farcical situation. They were a band who booked gigs. So it's not like we're completely just uh, shitting on people <laughs> who are in this band. But we there are stories that, that need to be told. There are stories. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that's, that's totally fine. I don't think yeah, we have but- time for it now, but we can certainly do it in, in the next episode, which at this rate is going to be in 2029. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could do it. We could do a live taping. We, we could do a live taping in Melbourne. I was just thinking about that. How does it even work? Mm, it, just, just one mic, multiple men. Is that how people even do this? Yeah, yeah I guess so. We need, yeah, to, we need a studio? Sounds like a super spreader <laughs> event to me. <laughs> yeah, but not a super spreading humor event. <laughs> it's fine for us to all talk into the same microphone. We just don't we just can't all piss into the same toilet. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's what you're not allowed yeah. to do. Separate toilets. Well, we, well and, and, and as we know, Sam does tend to piss during the middle of recording, so we, we need to we do actually <laughs> yeah. need to plan that out. Uh, so it's pleasing that you didn't do that this week, Sam. That was very good of you to not just yeah, well done. To, real use well done. The, to use the John halfway through. Yeah, that, those tough conversations <laughs> we had are really starting to pay off now. Yeah. It's good. It's good things. And the the, the, the Leslie Nielsen style, just leaving the leaving the mic <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one, one question on that. I obviously love that film. At what age? What age can you show a child parts of the Naked Gun? Oh, 14, 15. The, the slapstick stuff you could do. The, the slapstick stuff, like when you know the, the dinner like the, party when he pulls the, the chair party. out and that. The what lobster, age is okay yeah, for yeah. that? Oh, how are you going to explain The full body condoms, how are you going to explain that? We're not going to show the whole movie. This is what I do with the boys. I'd show them like a clip from something that's too, it's too violent for them, but there'd be a section of it that's okay. And I'd just show them that for now. You know? How do you only keep you do that it to with a 30 second yeah. clip though? Like, you could YouTube like, it, couldn't you? Couldn't hasn't someone like packaged it? Oh, YouTube, YouTube? I just YouTube it. Yeah, it's YouTube. I'll be like special treat. I'll show you this quick clip before bed. Oh, oh uh, like, what's an know, example? Of, just like lethal weapons. His ba- <laughs> basic instinct. Here's, this, here's the scene where Sharon Stone's being interviewed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give them a day range on how many decades they're gonna have to wait before they'll see. So they'll see like something in some kid at school. will be like, "There's this. I heard there's this movie Die Hard. We're gonna watch that." And I'll be like, "That's in the." The eighteen to twenty-eight year range. Forget about that one. And they'll be like, yeah. He'll be like, you know, what about Forrest Gump? And I'll be like, yeah, it might be like, you know, seven to nine years. Do you know, like I sort of I'll give them date ranges. Uh, yeah, right. no, I, I've got to go there. I, I, I love Naked Gun is one of my Christmas traditions, and I will be watching it. And I, I want her to see some of the slapstick stuff because it's just it's it's the high point of comedy. And, yeah, and she deserves yeah, to that's, see that's it. Very good. Yeah, the, the nice beaver will be interesting, but also the full body condoms will be just. <laughs> I don't know how you. What about hey Hugh? Let me up. That. Let me up that. What about the bit where they go into the sex shop and the guy has the chainsaw with a, a throbbing cock on the end of it? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to skip that part. The petrol driven <laughs> sex toy. Yeah, remember the noise, Dave? Yeah, I do. Speaking of putting stuff in post you, the noise of that chainsaw. The, the rusty the, chainsaw. The noise it's like a rubber glove. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's incredible. And the guy's face, his sidekick, just the dude's face when he sees it. It's uh, yeah. So we might, we might skip that scene. But just, just one last thing on the naked gun. I'm imagining that happening in Boots's household. And knowing what I know of Boots's parenting style, Lily Rose will already recognize OJ and know all of his stats <laughs> from the 72 season. It's like, oh, it's the juice. What's he doing in this? Yeah. Was that the year he rushed for 342 yards in half a and then, season? And then she'll be like, why don't we see him anymore? Such a talent. <laughs> why, 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 is, why is the juice loose here? What's I was told the juice was not loose anymore for good reason. It's not allowed to be loose anymore. No, but he's out, right? He's not in anymore. Is yeah, he? he's, yeah, he's no. out. 
He's on can I, home can I, release in Vegas. Can I tell a quick Norm McDonald OJ Simpson anecdote? <laughs> yes. Norm McDonald uh, on on, uh, on Saturday Night Live when he was doing the news went through this stage of just hammering OJ Simpson for like forty to sixty percent of every one of his segments over an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And the guy who owned the network or was CEO was like, "Hey, hey, seriously, I'm mates with Juice." Could you ease up on the he definitely killed them stuff? You know, Norm's like, got it, no problem. Reading you out and clear. I've read the memo. And then he goes, he goes, so the police who've been into who've been, you know, investigating the murder for a moment last week thought that it was actually looking like it actually might have just been a setup. But then they went and looked at the scene and reminded themselves, he did it. <laughs> by the way that was the worst retelling of that gag but that was basically yeah. the bit it was just the exact opposite of what the guy said yeah yeah no, that was uh yeah norm yeah he's died since we last spoke as well he was a, he was a hero to many of us norm classic guy yep. yeah. but no we will we will have to reconvene and do the do the weird bit because it's it deserves to be told and and uh definitely it's, it's, it's legacy that band's legacy deserves to live on but it was a pleasure to see all of you. I'm sorry we couldn't do it for longer, but um, it's probably best for Ranch to just work with the tight 60 that we did. But well, thank the, you the to... Tight, the tight 82. It's 82, <laughs> of which yeah. there's seven good minutes. But uh, thank you to Ranch. Thank you to Boot Camp. And thank you to Sam. We'll be back next week, as we are always, every single week, uh, regularly. Thank every you to our sponsors, week. Omnicron Computers and the Old McCallum New Summer Flavors, uh, Old McCallum Tang, Sweet, Dry and Draft, and the Young McCallum Midstrength.com. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll uh, we'll see you soon. We literally will see you soon in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs>